is the Under Centre Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Under Centre Podcast. Dara has relinquished hosting duties this week. It is me, Fionn Malloy, here as your host. Of course, I am joined by the two other boys. Dara Maher is here. Jake Woodhead is also here. Guys, did you tell have Woodhead you... or Woodhead? You see, I know it's Woolhead, and at the very last second, I said maybe Woolhead, and I did this kind of in-between thing where maybe guys won't won't hear what I said properly. Uh, how how was the weekend? Did you just watch any of the preseason games? Just gone. We've just completed week two of the preseason. What did you guys think? Yeah, I watched quite a good bit of them actually. For some reason, I had nothing else to do but watch them. I was in the pub yesterday or Sunday, and I was watching them, so uh, I can't complain too much. Dar, did you catch anything? I am. Um, I caught a bit of. I for some weird reason, um, and I won't get into details why. Um, I was actually awake at three a.m. for the Seahawks game <laughs> against the Broncos on Saturday night. Um, so I watched about the first half on that, and then when I realized it was the Broncos starters against the Seahawks backup, I quickly realized that it was not going to be an enjoyable watch from a Seahawks fan point of view. Um, but there was some good things to to see, and I I kind of caught up on the the highlights there over the past couple of days of some of the other games too you know and you know i have i have some points to make about some things and i'm sure we'll get into it soon good we absolutely will we're actually going to start off with the preseason we are of course an nfl show and it seems like every nfl show has to do a reaction to all of the preseasons that come out as i mentioned we're just finished round two of the preseason games two of three so i thought i'd give you guys a few of my uh ultra hot takes mega overreactions snap judgments on what i've seen out of the last two games and and we can discuss it a little bit there will be some interesting points that i think you guys uh will want to defend against and i'll go through them based on uh, just teams that have jumped out at me right we're not going to go through all the teams or anything like that but uh i just thought i'd go through a few few different hot takes and i thought i'd start with teams that look absolutely terrible and that i'm willing to put down right now week two of the preseason that they will be in the five worst teams this season at the bottom of the draft order or sorry the top of the draft order this season uh, i wonder that either i wonder that either my team or Dara's team make the list mm. there's only there's only three teams in it there's only three teams in this short list because Look, it's a hot take. I don't want to go out too much on a limb. So I want to be right with these at the end of the season. But the first team is one that I managed to see. Uh, they play the Washington football team this week, week two of the preseason. That is the Bengals. And I don't know if you have seen any of the Bengals. Obviously, we haven't seen Joe Burrow yet. But my God, they are terrible. And I think in fairness, everyone has the same problem with the preseason. What do you actually understand from the preseason? It's never normally firsts on firsts. But I think one thing that the preseason does give us a good idea of is the depth at each team. Not even necessarily the depth chart of each team, but the depth of each team compared to one another. And the Bengals really have nothing. If they could scrape together 22 starters, I'll be impressed. What do you guys think of the Bengals so far? Yeah, geez. I, well, I was adamant that the Bengals needed to draft an offensive lineman. This preseason hasn't given me any faith <laughs> that they made the right decision. I think what did uh, Waddle have? Was it Waddle? No, not Waddle. Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase, sorry, you're confusing me. Wide receivers now had three drops, I think, near the he end zone right or board. something. It did not yeah. look good for him. No. No. Uh, I, I haven't watched much of the Bengals, mostly because I'm trying to avoid watching 
like that sort of stuff because you know you have like preseason is a slog to watch. Let, let's mm-hmm. be real about this. It's it's tough to watch the best times. It's even tough to watch the highlights. I don't know how these guys at the NFL can get like 10, 15 minute highlight clips off for YouTube because I can't find them there myself. But you know the the Bengals are aren't looking great. Um, mm. I don't like. There's a lot of excitement about their trio of wide receivers this year you mentioned Jamar Chase and uh, who was I'd say T Higgins and Tyler Boyd are the other two but we talked about this at draft time you can have like the best wide receivers you can have a up-and-coming quarterback but if you don't have a line that can protect him from being mauled again as he was last year which ended his season early it doesn't matter it's never Mm -hmm. you're never going to get the most out of those wide receivers and they didn't do it. Now, look, everyone talks about Penny Sewell wanting to be, should be the guy that they went after instead of Jamar Chase. Penny Sewell hasn't been getting on too well now at the Lions, but I think that's down to Lions management because they moved him from left tackle to right tackle because Tyler Decker is their um, starting left tackle. and He's not going to go anywhere. And he has been roasted so many times in, in each of the two weeks of preseason that, you know, he's he's getting a harsh lesson in in uh, in the standards of the NFL. I think it's the it's the age old thing, right? You can look spectacular in college and you can play for these top universities that play against other top universities. But when you get to the NFL, everything is distilled. I don't know what the percentage is of guys who play in university who go on to the NFL, but it gets to seal down significantly so even the third fourth string guy might be one of the best pass rushers you've faced in your career and when you have to do it week in and week out which is another thing in, in university they can play against these massive alabama clemson games but you only got to perform in one game the rest of your schedule is usually not that strong but when you have to play against elite athletes and not just elite athletes every single day of the week bar one that's a tough ask and it's it's showing up a lot of players, I think, and it, and it really does accentuate in preseason why it's so difficult to evaluate these players, not just before the draft, but even during the draft. Jamar Chase is a, is a great example. If you look at the numbers, you probably assume that that's the quarterback's fault on those targets that he got that he didn't make. But when you look at the, at the game highlights, which I did, and all of his throws were included in it, they're hitting him in the hands, and they're, they are drops. They're on him, which is really, really poor, I think. But mm-hmm. isn't it the case, I think, over in Miami, uh, Jalen Waddle is struggling over there too. Um, mm-hmm. He's been predominantly used now as a as a kick returner. Um, he hasn't been playing a lot on on, on the, the wide receiver position, but he's sort of struggling too. And I don't know about um, uh, the guy, the Eagles, uh, Smith, Devonta Smith. Devonta Smith. Um, I don't, he's, I think he's had, I think he actually has had a touchdown mm-hmm. in, yeah, in and the preseason he- games. He looks actually pretty decent coming off the line, Devontae Smith as well. So it's actually like he looks pretty good at the minute. Well, I'm glad you brought him up because the next team on my guaranteed to be terrible next season is the Eagles. And I really, truly believe not just NFC East bad. I believe they will be in the bottom five of the NFL this season. It does not look good. They don't have the depth. The quarterback they've been ranking up or or building him up in the media the last few days and he hasn't performed he didn't play in the last game he he got stomach cramps i believe right before the game did actually go off the hospital but it turned out to be 
nothing serious. So he was released back to the camp. Uh, but I don't believe they're any good this season. Jake, you'll be obviously keen keeping an eye on them, given that you're in the division like I am. Uh, what do you make of them this season? And do you agree with me that they probably won't be anywhere close to us, never mind the rest of the NFL? Yeah, you said uh, bottom five. They're probably vying for worst or second worst team in the league, I think. I, I have no faith whatsoever in Hurts being a good quarterback. No matter how much the Eagles hype this guy up, I just don't think he's going to be that good of a quarterback. And we'll see that coming into the next, into the start of the season. I just don't see it. And it's really nice to watch the Eagles suck, so I'm okay with it. <laughs> well, look, it all started with the appointment of Nick Sirianni. You know, this guy from absolutely nowhere that he was not getting interviews for any other head coach job because there was a few of them this offseason. And he was the guy that they picked or he was the only, was he the only guy that maybe accepted the job because, mm. because I'm guessing other coaches, I guess like a day ball and a B enemy were probably offered the job and turned it down because they looked at that roster and they looked at this is going to be, it could very well be a five-year project yeah. for a, a head coach to get this team back to any semblance of where they were a couple of years ago when they won the Super Bowl. Which, come on, let's let's be real here now with the Eagles. It was the only time they've won the Super Bowl. It was the one year they've been good. Every other year, there's always been problems. So should we maybe, I know I said it's a project to get them back to that level, but are the Eagles just in their level now? Are we t- are we calling like Devontae Smith the star of that team? Like, is he yeah. the biggest name they have at the moment? Yeah, they don't on have offense, much yes. going on that yeah. team. <laughs> on offense, what about yeah. what about on defense? I mean, they Fletcher Cox, but he's he's getting Fletcher up there Cox. in age. He's Ryan getting up Graham, there. Like, you know, they got, again like, they're they've been around for ten years, surely at this point. They're they, still good. They're players. not the top of the game. Good, good sure, but at least I don't know. And I, I like I like Darius Slay as well. Okay, but he is with the Eagles, and they have traditionally had terrible corners as well. So I'll hold out judgment on them. Another team that is the last team in my guaranteed useless list is another team with a brand new head coach, Urban Myers with the Jaguars. They got rough news. I this was even after I made my list. They got rough news. Travis Etienne. Got a severe ankle injury, I believe, or foot injury, needs surgery. Will be out until at least week 12 of the regular season. That's a huge impact. But even before, I don't think Lawrence has shown what they hoped he would show. I think Urban Myers is doing the traditional thing of a college coach with a lot of gimmicks that are not working for the team. He was in preseason camp declaring winners and losers of each rep, which is... A rough thing to do because it's not always as straightforward as, okay, first one to touch the cone is the winner. This guy's working on different things. It depends who you're going against. So I think he's not only making a lot of enemies in his team, I don't think he's making good decisions either. Maybe the best decision he's made so far is to drop Tim Tebow. Dara, what what do you think of his tenure so far, short as it is? Yeah, it's just been riddled with problems again like it's it, it's it's one of these things we keep revisiting with these teams as well because we've talked about issues throughout the whole off season that they've had and you know this is quite rightly feeling while these these are like the top three teams to like stink the place out this coming season you know the chris doyle fiasco you mentioned tin tebow like i i saw a i saw a theory going around during the week that th- tim tebow was only brought in to you know 
help Trevor Lawrence not get so much media attention so mm. that he could just, you know, get into camp and just get his like feet under the table and just get used to the NFL style of play. So, you know, in that case, maybe that's worked because not a lot of people have talked about Trevor Lawrence these last few weeks, but I don't think that's about Tim Tebow. I think that's more because of the other quarterbacks in this rookie class have played and obviously garnered a lot of headlines, you know, Justin Fields being being one, Trey Lance, the other and Mac Jones, mm-hmm. of course, who looked very good last Friday uh, morning as well, or Thursday night, whichever part of the world that you're listening to this show. And um, so it is, yeah, it's interesting with, with Urban Meyer. I, yeah, I, I can't see this ending well, you know, what was he got a six year contract? Mm. If he sees three, I'll be surprised. Uh, yeah. Jake, do you think Gardner Minshew is giving him a headache here that he has forced Trevor Lawrence to look ordinary or at least, has made it a quarterback battle when I think Urban Myers was hoping this would be a slam dunk. He's clearly the best quarterback ever to come out of college. Let's just get him in the Hall of Fame right now. And he hasn't necessarily looked like that in his start. Granted, look, we've said this several times on this show. It is the preseason. It's hard to evaluate. I'm absolutely not calling him a failure by any means. But he also hasn't thrown for 500 yards each game and 10 touchdowns like maybe some Jags fans would have hoped. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like, uh, personally, I think that the Minshew Mania day was over the minute they drafted mm-hmm. Trevor Lawrence. That He was the assumed starter. I don't think that's changed at all. No matter poor how poor he's currently playing, it is preseason. Uh, you're trying different things because you're trying to see what he could, he's capable of in a game. Um, so maybe not necessarily playing to his strengths quite yet. And then also, I don't know, I just don't like Minshew. You can see he has apparent weaknesses. His arm's not the greatest. Like he's just He clearly is, is not as good as uh, Trevor Lawrence, even though we're not we're not seeing Trevor Lawrence yet. We haven't seen what he's capable of. Um, he's a character. That's why everybody loves him. He's a character. I do like him. Like I'm a yeah, fan of him. I think he suits the Jacksonville area so well. Yeah, the mullet, the mustache, everything like that suits it, you know. But like it's not even Gardner Minshew that's sort of outshining Trevor Lawrence. Like CJ Beathard last night had like close to a perfect passer rating in but with I think it was like nine of fourteen for like 130 yards. Mm-hmm. And he had two touchdowns in that, well, which was a blowout. The two touchdowns late on made it more a respectable score. But yeah, so like he's definitely taking things slowly. <laughs> it's going to it's gonna be interesting now with that first game of the season to see what happens to Trevor Lawrence. And I like that oh we're talking about O line issues in, in Cincinnati, but you know, it's no better in Jacksonville either. Yeah, they're yeah, not they're not famous though, for anything really, right? That yeah. that's that's their big problem. They don't have those stars or at least one unit on that team. I feel like I'm sure Jaguars fans can can name off a, a list of players that they feel excited about. But to me, as the casual observer of that team, I don't see where that that core is that you want to build the rest around. It's not the quarterback room, yes. It's not necessarily the wide receivers. The defense hasn't been good for a long time. So I think they're struggling. Well, there is one plus, and, and and to the injury news that we heard about NTN this afternoon, and and that's that James Robinson is probably going to be RB1 this coming year, and he had a great season last season going undrafted and having the year that he had. So mm-hmm. hopefully he can capitalize on that and, and maybe have another good year with the Jaguars. That's probably the only thing I think maybe um you could be excited about maybe at the moment. I think looking at it, uh, I think they have some nice little receivers as well, don't they? I think like 
they play. They got Marvin Jones, and they have yeah. uh, was it Chenault? Is not his Chanel, name? Lavisca Chenault. Yeah, he yeah. played quite well in that game. And then just on the, the CJ Bethard point, we do have to realize that when he came into the game, he was probably playing the the, the bubble players and the backups and the backups to the backups. And um, whereas he also has NFL experience, so he's mm-hmm. more experienced in that regard. So him getting the perfect passer rating, that's almost as if when Dak got the perfect passer rating against the Giants, who were terrible on defense that year. So. Uh, Jameis also got the perfect passer rating in that game too last night. <laughs> I think I think that's what you're hoping for, right? It doesn't mean anything long term, but if your quarterback comes in and looks like a stud, looks like he overmatches everyone else on the pitch, that's that's the best case scenario, I think, for any of these teams. But we've covered my three teams that I am going to put my stamp on and say they're guaranteed going to be terrible this season. The next team that I want to talk about is one that was terrible last season that I think might just be okay this season and that is the New York Jets I think oh, they might be okay so this season uh, you're so falling excited. into the hype you're <laughs> falling into the hype Fionn. it's it Jets are going to do Jets things they don't have a defense uh, it's the absolutely terrible they have one fit linebacker and he hasn't played in the league in two years uh, I don't know I think I think by the way I mean might be okay is to get themselves outside of the bottom five I think that will be a a brilliant achievement okay, for this Jets yeah. I'm not saying mid-table by any stretch of the imagination but given that when we looked at that roster at the end of last year and said this team might be down first pick of the draft for the next three years in a row i think they might be just about okay this season do you think there, do you think there's a chance that they like at least edge out for third in the afc east who else is in there i'm brutal with I the division the, oh sorry it's, it's patriots uh dolphins bills and uh, obviously themselves no they're guaranteed last oh. in that division 100 percent. you think so i think there's yeah, a chance absolutely. to edge out the, the dolphins i think no, no i don't think so no no I can't agree with you there. Implodes. <laughs> no, I think their offense, though, like, if you I, I can see why you're interested because I think their offense might surprise one or two mm-hmm. team, two people this year. You know, they have Corey Davis and um, who's our draft pick? Elijah Moore. Elijah Moore, uh, yeah. And uh, Mims as well. Who, and Denzel Mims from last season, good, too. Yeah. So um, I, there are some interesting um, additions. Like, you have a. Uh, uh, Beacon and then um, Vera Tucker, um, who was drafted this year on the line too, which could be interesting. You know, so th- they've got some they've got some pieces on offense. It'd be interesting to see how quickly uh, Zach Wilson takes to the I league. Think he looks quite good at the minute. I think as well. I think he's looking. Like, I mean, he's not excellent or anything by all mm. uh, no stretch, but I certainly doesn't think don't think he, he's the worst of the bunch that we've watched so far. Mm-hmm. No, definitely not. He's he's he has a he, he already has a connection there with, with Corey Davis now too. Yeah. So I know I'm really happy about that and we'll probably discuss this later, but I picked up Corey Davis in the Dynasty Fancy League there for a nice trade earlier this year. <laughs> Jumping ahead, Jake. That's uh, that's a later on in the week show. Yeah. That's a later yeah. on in the week show. Foreshadowing. Know, we'll talk about it later. <laughs> we'll give him my little insight there. <laughs> Speaking of foreshadowing, the last, we, we're going to move on now after this last section. The last group of teams, I have three teams here that are trending downwards at the moment. And it's not necessarily a cause for panic, but it is maybe that these teams are taking a little bit of pause and go, oh, this isn't quite going the way we maybe hoped our preseason would go. And the first one is the Bears. And the reason I put them there is not because of Fields. I think he's playing as they hoped. And 
I don't think it's going to be a problem either whether or not they start Fields in the first round or in the first game of the season or Andy Dalton and let them play through. I think their problem is, once again, their depth does not look good. Fields, if you watch the tape, is playing quite well, but the receivers around him, those second, third, fourth string receivers, are not helping him out much at all. And for me, that's a big worry when you're so excited about what Fields is doing very well to properly evaluate them, you have to look and say, these wide receivers are not doing very well. They're not having a good camp. And again, I'm sure the boys on the Bears show can contradict me here. But from my point of view, I think that's a little bit worrying here for a Bears fan. Yeah, um, I don't know. I do like the way Joseph feels. I feel like he's given the the Bears management a little bit more confidence that they made the right choice, trading up to get the guy and also making their decision a little harder to, to bench Andy Dalton. I uh, don't know what you do in that situation. They've got three quarterbacks there. Two of them are paid very well for a position that they no longer need because they have Justin well, Fields now. So Nagy has already said that Dalton's starting week one. No, I, no, I know. I think, I, I I think that's the smartest move. You just play Dalton yeah, until he proves that he's not as good as Field. Like, so you're not going to lose anything. And maybe it is the second quarter. Maybe it's game 12. Like, maybe it's yeah, week 12. Yeah. Yeah. But you just but ride it, the hot hand, and as soon as he goes cold, he's on a tiny leash, right? He has to know that. He has to make the Pro Bowl nearly this season to keep his spot all the way through the season, I reckon. so, in, yeah. And that's what I meant when I let out. I meant the Bears don't have to worry about quarterback. I think they're actually pretty comfortable. Maybe they have too many decent quarterbacks, yeah. uh, given how bad have. the rest of the field is. Exactly. But, yeah, for me, it was the depth around them that might be a little bit of an issue. Yeah, I don't know. I, I didn't see the, the Dave McCon- Montgomery play in the, yeah. in the Bears game. That hit, though, did. that he took on uh, on Saturday against the Bills was It was rough. a rough one. It was a rough it was one. a very rough hit that he took. Um, that is definitely, that's a definite welcome to the NFL hit. It's <laughs> helmet flying down the pitch as well. But, you know, um, yeah, I, look, we'll see. Like, we, you know, we don't know when, when Fields is going to start. And like that, I think they're, they're high... Uh, offensive line draft pick Tevin Jenkins has gone down now for a, mm-hmm. a good while too yeah. and he was there to replace Charles Leno who they released and now Charles Leno is at Washington and I bet they wish they still had him on the roster um, I did find it funny uh, that um, like obviously yeah, the, the, the Irish Bears show they're quite um, up to date with their like Bears news and they they I saw them tweet out that they were happy that Jermaine Effetti was taken off the, the pup list the other day and I'm thinking oh it's got to be bad if you're looking yeah. forward to seeing Jermaine Effetti coming off the pup list mm-hmm. you know I've had I had five years of Jermaine Effetti on that <laughs> team healthy and I was wishing he was on the pup list and now they're wishing he was off it you know well, that's I- when you know it's bad I'm going to wrap up here because I'm conscious of running too long and I'm going to wrap the last two teams in one because I feel like I'm just going to get one sentence out here and you guys are going to take it from here. The last two teams that are trending downwards in the preseason, that is, of course, the New York Giants. They're scared to even show us our starters, their starters at this point, which to me tells me that offensive line is not good enough. They declared in preseason two against the Cleveland Browns that they got quote unquote, enough work in the preseason practices that we didn't need to see them in the preseason game, even for a single run. And of course, Darius smirking there. He knows where this is going. The final team is the Seahawks. And the only thing I have to tell you, Dara, is they only scored 10 points in two games. That's pretty bad. 
Is Go this ahead you, and defend yourself. Is this yourself, what please. you want the host this week, is it? <laughs> you just wanted to target me and Jake? Yeah. Again, again, I'm not saying, even, even for the Giants, I'm not saying it's inherently trending towards a bad season. I'm just saying things you were hoping would look good by this point are not looking good at this point. Yeah. No, I'll, look. I'll, go, you, Jared, you, you defend you, your team okay. first. I'll, you okay, let me start. Well, what can I say? The offensive line for the New York Giants is absolutely shocking. It's in a bad state. No depth. Retirements left, right and center. We've no, we've seen bad sex, but I, I do hold faith that it will be turned around. It is preseason. The, by all accounts, the, the joint practice with the Browns last week was very intense, so they didn't feel like they needed to bring in uh, bring in any of the starters and risk the injury. But they also said this week that Daniel Jones is getting the first half for better or for worse. He's getting the full first half. Um, and then also kind of like they're not going to bring Saquon in unless he's 100% ready to go. Kenny Galladay is – Kenny hamstring injury. Galladay is, mm. is out with another hamstring injury for another couple of weeks. Our top first-round pick is out with an undisclosed injury <laughs> at wide receiver. So it's not like – oh, and we also signed Kyle Rudolph who got into – who had foot surgery and is still <laughs> suffering. We only see him run routes for the first time there last week. So I don't know what to expect anymore. <laughs> At least your defense is still good. <laughs> yeah, for now, yeah, we haven't. We we've got to, actually. Yeah, no, actually, you're right, Dara. We have the best defense in the NFC East. Dara, you want to defend yourself? Uh, I thought you were going to defend that comment saying that he had the best defense in the <laughs> NFC East. I I let the I let my two pitchers that are on the way to me speak for that. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, look, Seahawks games have been tough to watch this year. Set ten points in total. Um have not been great. Look, on the offensive side, they've played no starters at all, pretty much. They've not played any of the stars, and it's all been fringe players, you know. Um, now, like Fion, or Jake was saying with Daniel Jones getting a, some action in the last preseason game, Russell Wilson and the stars are going to do it in their last uh, preseason game this week against the Chargers. So they will get some time. I'm guessing it was part of the plan. You know, the defense, although, yes, they conceded 30 to the Broncos um, and they conceded, what is it? Was it 20 points to the Raiders? It was 20 points to the Raiders. There has been some uh, good stuff, some encouraging things that I've seen, and especially when it comes to pass rush, there has been some, because at the start of last season, the Seahawks didn't have a pass rush. So, um, again, 21 players were missing on what day was it, Saturday? 21 players were missing. 21 first teamers were missing from that team on Saturday. I'm not too concerned. This is why I, I this is I'm happy about this because I made the argument a couple of weeks ago. I don't want any of my starters playing in the preseason mm-hmm. games to risk injury. They're not playing, they're not risking injury. I'm totally okay with that. We saw like two players go down uh on Saturday to like ACL injuries in the Seahawks game. One on the opening kickoff. Uh, ben Burkirvan, um the the linebacker and a, a special teams guy, like one of the best special teamers we have on the side too, which is leaving us a little thin at uh, the linebacking position. So there's a chance maybe KJ Wright might come back if they can mm. work out a deal. Um, that's just that's more hope than expectation. But uh, on the defensive line and on the interior defensive line, which is what they need to, to reinforce. They um, had a visit with uh, Geno Atkins there uh, late last week. So um, hopefully a deal can be worked out there too um, so that can help the defensive line. But look, 
preseason games are just what they are. They're just tune up games and they mm-hmm. just get to see if these fringe players can make it onto a squad for the forthcoming season. And we've seen casualties already because of it. And look, I'm I'm not too fussed. I'm not too fussed. As long as you go out week one and score more than seven points against the Colts, I'll be, yeah, you it know, feels... we'll be taking a step forward. It feels a little bit like Dara, judging by this. You did say it was the it was the dregs of the barrel for the Seahawks last couple of games. So it seems like 30 players at least are going to get cut on final cut day. And I don't think they're going to be picked up on waivers by anyone else, judging by what they put on tape so far. You know, anyway. My, wait, my favorite part about the preseason is pure overreactions from everybody's fan base. Because if your team wins, half the fan base is saying, oh, like we're going to win the, our, our division, then we're going to the Super Bowl. Half the half of them are saying it's preseason. If you lose, you're immediately getting the first overall pick the following year. Uh, it's just a good, that's the only good thing about preseason. The best so, teams in preseason are the quiet ones. Because we, we've heard actually, nothing from Tampa Bay. No. Can I give you a can I give you a weird stat? You probably already heard it, but you know the Ravens have won like seventeen in a row preseason games. Nineteen, they've equaled the 19. record. If they it's win, so weird. If they win the last one, they break the record. I think held by the Packers. Who's and, putting 50, 50 quid on them? <laughs> and Nathan Peterman officially set the record for most snaps in the preseason ever for a quarterback. He's going to play all three games. It looks like at this point, it's a crazy, it's a crazy time over there in Las Vegas. They're being sued by the IRS and everything now. God knows what's going to happen yeah. with that beautiful back stadium. Anyway, as Jake said, it is the preseason. Everyone loves to overreact to things. That was my overreactions. The lads. I thought did pretty well. They 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 agreed with me, I think, on a few things. We'll see how those hot takes stack up at the end of the year. We'll move on now. And the first bit of kind of major movement news is Emerson Griffin has been signed by the Vikings. And that's quite a nice signing. Uh, he will definitely improve that defense there. But the reason it's notable and the reason we wanted to bring it up is because last year, or was it two years ago, Dara? I believe you found the tweet. I'm not sure how uh, long it was. It was last year. I think it was this, year. Think yeah, it was it was like this like past season. Like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. This past season, December. this past season, he was, of course, caught on Twitter absolutely trashing Kirk Cousins. Now, I have to agree with him on everything he said. However, unlike Griffin, I do not have to face the consequences of my tweets this season, as of course his quarterback will be Kirk Cousins. How awkward, Dara, do you think that first meeting in the locker room is going to be when he rocks up? Uh, well, first of all, just to confirm, it was exactly a year ago, the first of exactly one year uh, ago, the first of uh, September 21. Um, you know what? This, when I was writing my notes out for this and we were discussing it as a story, the first line of my thing was. <laughs> <laughs> and then my second line is don't tweet about your former employers you know which is true just don't just oh look it's probably true and i thought I, I, especially when I, I i said we should bring it up is because you know her cousins and fionn have a great relationship together and i think fionn would have looked i think probably agrees with everything griffin is saying too absolutely um but yeah like this is it you know you're gonna to have to go in you're gonna to have to go with your tail between your legs and say i never meant those things which he everyone in the room will know he's lying um but you just gotta do it for the sake of the team it was it's the same as um earlier in the off season um michael brockers of the rams um commented after they made the trade for stafford for goff 
and he says, oh, we finally have a real quarterback in our locker room. A week later, Brockers was traded to the Lions back up, teaming up with Jared Goff. You know, it's just you've got to be careful who you talk about in this, and, and especially if you're going to be teammates with them again. Jake, do you think Cousins know. has seen the tweet? He absolutely has seen it. Does he care? Probably not. Well, well he, he is a good, God-fearing man. He doesn't fear COVID. He doesn't fear God's wrath. So presumably, given how religious he is, he's got to forgive him, right? As soon as Griffin goes, I'm sorry, he has to say, you are forgiven. Otherwise, he's letting the side down. I think Kirk Cousins sitting behind his plexiglass uh, wall in his locker room <laughs> probably won't even look in Everson Griffin's direction. I don't think either of them are ever going to talk to each other, except for when they're shouting shite at you, each other in training. Like, I just don't see... I, I don't even think Ev- Everson cares that he tweeted that stuff. He just, yeah. He's just... He's sorry he got caught. He's not sorry he fucking said it. <laughs> I think you, you touched on maybe the only saving graces, and that is, of course, as a defender on the team, you don't necessarily have to like the quarterback, right? It it's doesn't not, impact like your day waiting, job much at all. It's not like you're waiting for passes from Kirk Cousin. Well, maybe if he's on defense, he'll be getting a few passes from Kirk Cousin. <laughs> Do you think Kirk you Cousins now will turn that, like, pod that he has the glass and it's like tinted glass so he doesn't <laughs> so no one's gonna have to see his reaction now after he reads all these tweets i think if i'm the locker room manager for the vikings i am situating them right beside yeah. each other just for the pure crap i think i think there's going to be some spit on it by the end of the week one not even beside each other just like directly across the the <laughs> these locker rooms that, that they're in each other's eye direction like eye line perfectly <laughs> This is what happens when deals go through in the NFL. Uh, Moving on, another story that came out was another deal that was proposed. And that is, of course, Khalil Mack and the Raiders. The Raiders did offer the Bears a trade proposal to get Khalil Mack back to them this season. The Bears, quite rightly, laughed them out of the room. But Jake, you are famous for saying that Khalil Mack is a complete bust totally overhyped so <laughs> why do you think this is even in the news i don't know if i said he was a complete bust the man is obviously a very talented player he was way too overhyped for the bears if the bears are planning to win a super bowl in the next three years yeah okay keep khalil mack but what's the point he's gonna cost too much money and you could get too many picks for the dude like i don't know i just don't see well one i don't see gruden wanting to trade back i feel like he has too big of an ego to be trading back admitting a loss on a trade like that but if Didn't i was the gruden bears say gruden said he cried for like three days after that mac deal went through <laughs> yeah i don't know i just don't see it i don't even think it's true to be honest but if i was the bears because i don't see them competing properly probably for four years or something at least so yeah. i'm seeing what i could get from another team for khalil mack if it's more than what i paid i'd probably take it Tara, this is quite a big story do you think the only reason we're talking about this is because it's going back to the Raiders. I mean, if you take out the actual two teams involved, it seems like quite a reasonable thing to go after a pretty good player at his position, pretty well respected around the league. Is it really just the Raiders being involved that has everyone all? I don't know if Twitter? it's the Raiders. I think it's more because it's John Gruden involved <laughs> more than anything else. No, look, I, I know what you're saying, Jake, about like trade in, get the picks and um see what you can do there but you've got fields on his rookie deal who's you're hoping is going to be a quarterback so you can keep mac on his ideal and still like maneuver things to get other players uh around and it's not guaranteed that if you get those picks that they're going to work 
the, the case in point is the Raiders tally that they got from the Bears. I had a look at their picks. They got a 2019 first round pick. That was Damon Arnett, the cornerback who has been terrible for, for the Raiders. Uh, in 2020, um, the first Cleland round pick, Farrell, was it? they got Cleland Farrell, who was meant to be his replacement. Awful. And Jonathan Abrams. Awful. You will know he was in my all-hype team there just a couple of weeks ago, rightly so too. So it's not guaranteed that these picks are going to work out and that you're going to get better than what you have. So okay, I, think- I, I understand that. I get it. Completely get it. But if you're competing for a Super Bowl in the immediate future, you got to get all your stars in. But if you're not, yeah. get you could get three first rounds for Khalil Mack, probably something like that. If you get two in the next year and one in the following year, you like by that third year, you're hoping you, your dart throws have hit uh, bullseyes. You're hoping mm-hmm. you're getting these quality players, and you're hoping you turn the franchise around, which we've seen yeah. the Bears for far too long not have anything. Like and an, another thing to point out as well that the boys pointed out when we when we brought it up to them is that uh, Cleo Mack is fantastic and does often get double teamed or triple teamed. But the problem is that the Bears don't have someone on the other side that's taking advantage of that. They're Sack numbers and defensive numbers are not outrageously high, which is what you'd expect from the likes of the Rams with Donald, who gets double teamed, but they've guys around who can take advantage of that. So, yes, it's fantastic. Yes, he's a talent. Maybe you can even argue he's worth his money. But if the numbers on the pitch don't line up, again, I'd, I I agree with you guys. Why not get rid of him, get three boys in, and, and build in different areas where maybe he can have a bit more impact? Well, like... Well, I think I think I I one of the reasons why I would keep him is he is um the quote unquote you know leader on the defense. You're going you're going to have to have your leader on offense. You're going to have to have your leader on defense. And looking at that Bears roster, I can't see anyone there that commands the sort of pres- presence that Khalil Mack does. You know, he is the star pass rusher on the team. He is the star player on the team. Um, and I think that you still have to have some sort of star player there for the other defenders to follow. Okay, let me hit you then with like some sort of off the top of my head trade offer. You okay. you ship off Mac to the Jets for CJ Mosley plus their two first rounds next year. No. I, you get, I guess it's just a bad offer because I just I can't trust having <laughs> CJ Mosley in my team. I just I okay, can't. fair enough. Fair enough. But I can, but I can understand. I can player. understand what you mean. Like a defensive, another sort of defensive leader. But but then you're sort of okay. So you're saying like take one high, very high contract for another one, but it just includes picks. Yeah, but the two yeah. picks now you've added value to that contract. Yeah. And the Jets, the Jets' first pick is probably going to be, I don't know, at least 12 or 10 or something around that. And I think, is it the Seahawks still have the second pick? You're probably looking at yeah. 22 or something. So they can package that, move up. They could get two quality defensive players or offensive players. I think that gives you a lot of wiggle room then as the Bears. I still I still think that are, there are decent pass rushers out there that you can get that can, you know, uh, you know accommodate or, you know, that can... Um, help you know uh the bears defense with when khalil mack is getting double teamed i think the they weren't the guys were mentioned was it robert quinn was the, the main guy on the opposite side last year that just didn't perform but if you look out there now at the moment there's there would be some players surely out there that you can get that would be an awful lot better and one that comes to mind if you can get him his life sorted is um alden smith 
if you want to bring him in, he was released by the Seahawks. Now, he was released by the Seahawks because there was, quote, trust issues. So I'm guessing whatever ish demons he's had before have, have maybe popped up again or maybe he he just he hasn't been fully um uh fully you know honest with the team and in, in terms of what's been going on but you know there are players out there that you can give a shot to um and maybe if you want instead use a pick and get a a, a decent you know opposite side pass rusher you know uh, that team that could use and I'm, I'm just really trying to think off the top of my head any pass rushers on a team that you could throw you know a fourth or a fifth round pick to 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 sort of maybe get them get them in the building um but nothing's coming to mind just well, yet it's it's definitely something for the bears to think about we chatted with the lads uh, and I actually asked the question, what happens next after the quarterback situation sorts itself out? So it's something to bear in mind that certainly uh, Khalil Mack still has enough kudos in the league to to bring value along. And maybe that value can help address some of those issues like the wide receiver depth that we already talked about. But we're going to move on to our final story now, if you don't mind, Jake. Uh, and it's an interesting one and, and something that might foreshadow what's going to happen for the rest of the NFL season for vaccinated versus unvaccinated players. And this comes out of the New England Patriots, who traditionally have quite a quiet preseason camp. And they haven't this season, notably for the amount of free agents they signed, uh, and also for the ongoing QB battle between Mac Jones and Cam Newton. Now, it does look like Cam Newton is probably going to win that because Mac Jones would have to beat him outright. And he's had quite a good camp. But one thing that could significantly affect that is that the news has come out that now Cam Newton has to remain away from the team for five days because he left team facilities to get some sort of treatment outside of the team facilities that they couldn't provide from. He did get tested. However, that testing was not conducted at the NFL's uh, facilities, which is a stipulation of the COVID terms and protocols that they have in place and therefore it counts as a missed test and like anyone he is treated as a a new player arriving into the facility and has to undergo uh, quarantine and integration protocols which is five days now it does also suggest that cam newton is not one of the vaccinated players because typically they have been allowed to show two negative tests within a 24-hour period to allow them quicker access into new facilities. So it does seem like he's unvaccinated. That five days will be permanent. Given that he's in a QB battle and those five days are without practice, not just in scrimmages, he cannot be anywhere near the team. How much of a significant impact do you feel this is going to play on the outcome of who plays quarterback in the first game for the for the Patriots, Jake? I think this is pretty big. This is significant, I think, because we we all looked at Mac Jones. He looks quite good. The game doesn't look too fast for him, which I know it is preseason. We keep harping on about that, but he certainly looks ready and he, he's making all the right decisions. He, he you know he, he gives you all the things that you want to see in a rookie quarterback, all the positives. Um, and then like we just seen what Cam was last year. So if he's not reprodu- reproducing, or if he is reproducing what he is last year, I don't see why they would stick with. Uh, Newton and not go to Jones and then coming into like he has Newton is away for five days now Jones has opportunity at first team reps for the for quarterback he's against the Giants defense this week at joint uh, practices and he'll obviously get the first half then in the in the preseason game so this is going to be huge for him it's going to be against a good defense it's going to be um 
show Bill Belichick. And I, I think Belichick is probably one of them guys. He doesn't really settle on a, a starting quarterback if there is a true battle between the two of them. Dara, how do you feel this is going to maybe foreshadow what might happen in the NFL this season? We have seen Mike Rables is has announced that he was vaccinated, did catch uh, COVID and showed some symptoms that meant he had to step away. Again, that's why I mentioned he can come back after two negative tests in 48 hours. But you can see how this could significantly impact players that have not taken the vaccine and will be forced to miss five days if they test negative. And that can, if that's in the middle of the season, it's one of your star players, surely could have a huge impact on, on wins and losses this season. Yeah, definitely. Um, and we've just seen there, I think it was today, or was it yesterday, that, you know, probably the most high-profile um, non-vaccinated player, Cole Beasley, was involved in a close contact. So he's had to, to quarantine out um, now for five days too. It's, it is it is so important for the players to make sure that they do um, sort of get this sorted for the season because it is putting their team in jeopardy because, mm-hmm. yes, the Patriots are getting away with it because it's preseason. But if this happens, because I know it, it, this pretty much confirms that Cam Newton is not, um, is not vaccinated. But I think it's also the same for Mac Jones as well. I think mm-hmm. he's he's said that he's not vaccinated, or at least he's not he's not said that he is uh, that he is vaccinated. He's just keeping it to himself, which is totally fair. I mentioned it a couple of weeks ago that I think that um, asking everybody if they're vaccinated should not be a, a, a normal thing in the NFL. Look, just leave them to it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like you know, five days is can be crucial can uh, to a season, and it can be crucial to a person's job as well because like this Mac Jones is going to get a full week now of, of reps with the starters which he hasn't importantly he hasn't had this preseason the game like the games that he's been coming in on he's been playing with backups so now he's mm-hmm. playing with the starters so now this is giving Bill Belichick a better look at Mac Jones to see if he is ready and where we would have all thought before this happened last week, oh, Cam Newton's going to start game one. We might see Mac Jones at some point in the middle of the season. You know, Bill Belichick will not have a problem if he thinks that uh, Mac Jones is ready. He'll put him in week one and he will mm-hmm. not. And that's Cam Newton's job done because isn't his contract, he has a he has a pretty big contract this year, but it's all incentive-based too. So he is he's putting himself out of money now mm-hmm. because he didn't get vaccinated. And I think that's a, this. I think that's a great point. And you, we see all over the league players coming out and telling us how much they spend to keep their body in, in top nick and how they're always trying to get a competitive edge. And maybe this story, look, if we're lucky, maybe it shows some players that there is, even if you don't necessarily uh, buy into the, the science or haven't done your research on the science of it, if the competitive edge alone makes a difference between you getting a roster spot or even an extra rep that you wouldn't have got if you didn't have this vaccine, maybe we'll see some players take a business decision and say, look, I'm willing to spend a million quid on my body. A free vaccine might as well put it in there. It's not going to make me any worse. That's for sure. So uh, Jake, do you, do you see it impacting anyone else? I mean, again, if we had this five days, if you have a short turnaround week, you have your game on Sunday, high exposure threat. And then if you have a Thursday night game, you're not going to make that game. 
Yeah, we've seen what happened with um with the Vikings only recently enough. Their whole quarterback room got uh had to be mm-hmm. shifted out because uh I don't know if they all had it or I can't remember what the story was, but just the mere fact that they we are close contact or whatever, they had to be away from the facility for five days. So then you're left with your practice squad quarterback or whatever, and obviously it'll be a similar situation to the Broncos were in last season when they had to start a wide receiver at quarterback. So I think it's gonna be a huge shift in some of the players' mindset. Maybe now mm-hmm. the Pfizer being FDA approved in the States might change some of their opinions as well maybe mm-hmm. that's it like i mean there is still a little bit of a, a bit of education that if they can get it maybe they'll change their opinion on it absolutely absolutely anyway we'll leave it we'll leave it there um and it's probably a negative point to leave it on but hopefully it it will improve things in the nfl we'll see how it breaks over the course of this preseason we'll see who lines up number one for the patriots specifically in the last preseason game and we'll see how it goes but Gents, it's been an absolute pleasure to host again. Jake, Dara, thank you very much for your time. Fair no play. Well done. If you guys enjoyed this podcast, please do like and subscribe to us on YouTube. Follow us on Twitter. We're on Facebook as well at Under Center Podcast. You can find us on YouTube. Just search Under Center Podcast. We are, of course, on Instagram as well. Also on Twitch. Uh, so please do like, subscribe and follow us on all of those platforms for all our news and the latest podcast that we release. Uh, from me thank you very much and we'll see you again next time